It's Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. Welcome to Weigh Ins, an MMA spinoff series of the Ginger and the Beard podcast. I'm AJ, aka the Ginger. And I'm Reese, aka the Beard. Tonight, we're talking about Anderson Silva's retirement, the matchup being made between Israel Adesanya and Jan Blakowicz, and the attempted robbery of John Jones's house. We're also talking about McGregor versus Poirier 2 and giving our predictions on the upcoming fight night main event, Tiago Santos versus Glover Teixeira. But before we get into all of this, how's your week so far, man? It's been good, man. Uh, so far, so good. We're, we're Tuesday. We're looking good. It's a productive week so far. Nothing too crazy has happened yet. I'm drinking a delicious coffee ale, uh, ale works. I think it was called coffee house or something like that from uh aleworks it's very tasty and uh yeah can't ask for much more than that how about you man how's your week yeah man status quo nothing crazy happening just you know just your normal average tuesday uh <laughs> i got nothing man i really got nothing nothing going on so yeah actually uh real quick news breaking news guys related to the topic of this podcast Took my son Kai to his third karate class tonight. Sweet. And he earned his white belt. So congrats to Kai. Nice, man. Nice. I can officially call him Cobra Kai. Has has he tried kicking you yet? I just want to. No, so he does like did the practice kicks today. Like you hold up this like piece of like x-ray paper. I'm not sure why they use x-ray paper. I think mainly because it's durable and it makes a lot of noise when they kick it. Um but okay. uh, he was putting in some brutal kicks, man. I'm like, dude, if this if I took one of these kicks to the nose, I'd have a broken nose for a four year old. Oh. oh my, it's got some okay. power. So watch out, UFC Don't... Cobra Kai is coming. Cobra at you. Kai. <laughs> so Kai Kai Cobra. Yeah, dude. So uh don't sit on the ground anymore, I guess. I know, man. I'm serious, dude. It's like he was kicking that thing out of my hand a couple of times. I was I was quite impressed. But yeah, I'm super proud of him for earning that white belt so it can only go up from here it's pretty exciting that's awesome that's really cool yeah man but uh we got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight before we get into the juicy details i want to give a quick reminder that you can support our show by subscribing on youtube spotify apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and most importantly guys share this episode with a friend that goes the furthest possible and we really appreciate your support all right man let's get into this Well, I'll go ahead and start us off then, man. We got Anderson Silva. Got some news about Anderson Silva here and um, his non-committal retirement. So kind of everything going into it, into this fight with Uriah Hall, um, the expectation was that he was going to be taking those gloves off in the middle of the ring, throwing those suckers down and saying, you know what? That's it, guys. It was fun. I'm out. And... um, that's not what happened. So we had the post-fight interview. You know, Anderson first said that he was going to be, but, you know, that that this was going to be his last fight for him. Right. Um, but then, you know, after the post-fight interview, uh, there was a, a more direct question from Michael Bisbing. He sort of backtracked and said that he needed to go home, talk to his team, and then he would see. Um, and that's not good news, really, when <laughs> – when you're the big boss, man, when you're the baldy boss, baldy boss Dana White said, uh, that's not cool, man. He said that he regretted letting him fight at all. Um, and he's not going to let him fight in the UFC anymore. Um, yeah. which I can understand. Uh, cause Anderson hasn't won a fight in a, in a really long time. 
Um, he he his last win, his last win was against Derek Brunson like three years ago now, I think. And the last win before that was, you know, before he started losing, um, uh, be- before he lost to um Chris Weidman, which yeah. I can't remember who it was. That I think it was Chell Sonnen. I think his last win was against Chell Sonnen, and then there was an overturned fight against Nick Diaz because he tested positive for PEDs. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's been a long time now since he's really had any success. And I think it's, it's probably best that he not be allowed to fight in the UFC, but I do think that he should have taken the higher route, the higher ground and, and thrown the gloves down and, and kept his word. Right. Yeah, I think just some fighters have a hard time with this, or just athletes in general. I mean, you see guys in, in football and that do the same thing. You know, they just don't, they, you know, it's kind of like you don't know what else to do. This is your entire life. You've grown up doing nothing except for fighting. So when this time comes, like, you're not sure where you're going to go from there. <clears throat> so, you know, we talked about it a little bit on our last episode. You know, he could potentially go into coaching or, you know, I don't know. There's a, there's a few different things he could do if he wanted to stay in the sport. But, yeah, I think I agree. I, I think at, what is he, 45 or something like that? Yeah, yeah, 45. Um, you know, as good as he still looks, as in shape as he still is, it's just you're, you're just not the same person. People are describing him as the sh- as shell of himself, even, have, even having to sit down for that post-fight you know, press conference, which I don't know how much of that I really attribute to his physical fitness, you know, as opposed to just feeling probably all those emotions in that moment and just being overwhelmed with, with all those feelings. I mean, if you watch back the, what happens after the fight, he sits in the middle of the octagon for, I don't know, I want to say probably close to 10 minutes, just like absorbing the moment. Um, and if you think about it, you know, there's nobody in the, in the stands. Can you imagine the feeling probably for Anderson Silva sitting in that octagon if he had thousands of fans surrounding him, probably cheering, you know, until he actually left the arena, it would probably be pretty intense. Um, but regardless, yeah. that's a lot of an, a lot of emotion for somebody to kind of have to reckon with in that moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, at, at the beginning of the post-fight interview, he said, "Yeah, this is my last one," and then like immediately backtracks. He's like, "Well, you know, we'll see." Um, but yeah, I mean, Dana, I think Dana make, makes the right call coming out and saying he'll never let him fight again in the UFC. I was reading some articles that sounded like Dana may have been, you know, um, pushing for this fight with Uriah, Uriah Hall not to happen. Um, of course, I'm not sure how much of that is actually true, but he's basically saying I did something that I didn't agree with. Um, so, you know, implying that he wasn't really in agreement with this fight to begin with. But I guess there's other powers that be inside of the UFC that kind of wanted to see it happen. But, yeah, I think it's the right call. Not letting him not letting him fight in the UFC again. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, you got to at some point look out for these people. Um, you got to look out just like coaches have to look out for their fighters while they're in the octagon. The promotion itself has to look out for people and make sure they're not going in there and getting themselves hurt unnecessarily. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I don't think they, I don't, I don't think that they should have let this fight happen. Um, but you know the fight did happen, and um, just like it was really boring. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the fights that you know, it's it's an entertainment sport, right? So it's all about you know Dana White's upset because it wasn't entertaining, and and you know a lot of 
uh, his fights haven't really been that entertaining because they're slow. And even mm-hmm. the Israel Adesanya fight was, you know, it was, uh, you know, there was showboating on Izzy's side, which really made it kind of work. But, um, you know, if it was just Anderson Silva, I, I, you know, there's really not much going on there. And, and you know, Uriah Hall, I know how much you love him. Dude, he's, he's gun shy. He is so he is. gun shy. I was so surprised by that. I was like, what is going on here? Like, why are they not, you know, going after one another? But, you know, maybe it's just because of how Anderson fights and that's kind of he lulls you into his game where it's very slow. And and, you know, when you're fighting him, you kind of have to fight him that way, because if you try and rush and, you know, get impatient, that's where he's best. So I think that's probably what it is. Um, so I shouldn't be too harsh on Uriah Hall. Um, you know, just, he hasn't fought in a while and, you know, I want to see him get back out there and, and be the, you know, be the scrappy Uriah Hall that we're kind of used to knocking people right. out and, you know, being super strong and, and, and whatnot. But yeah, man. Uh, yep. yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Anderson Silva go fight in a different promotion with, um, maybe some, if, if he's going to fight for another let's say year or two years then um you know go go fight in a different promotion against some guys that you know aren't aren't the best i feel like right or go compete in like some jujitsu tournaments or something um a little bit less less brutal if they i think there's even like i don't know much about jujitsu tournaments but i think they have like different age brackets where you can still compete um, you know, I think Connor, Connor McGregor even came out and made a statement saying like people shouldn't force Anderson to quit doing something that he loves. Just find what's appropriate for your age group and then do what you love until you die. Essentially is what he said. Yeah. So it's the, it's the Jerry, it's the GFC geriatric fighting <laughs> championship. <laughs> Coin it now buy the domain. Let's start this up. <laughs> <laughs> let's get cam Sh- ken shamrack back in here let's get royce gracie let's let's do randy it man tour randy gets yeah let's take it there oh man that's <laughs> funny so yeah i mean i think i, I to me I, I think i don't know that we've even talked about it on the show yet but the display of affection and respect and everything after the fight between uriah hall and Adis- and no i almost said Adesanya, um between he and anderson was very emotional like watching that like almost brought a tear to my eye in a sense that like these guys are just bowing at each other and and uriah hall actually burst into tears essentially not essentially he did and uh was like hugging anderson and they were like you know hugging on each other and uriah hall just knocking out someone he idolized growing up in the sport you know for his last fight can you imagine the mixed emotions you're feeling? Like you feel terrible for putting out your idol that way for his last fight, but also excited that you just beat your idol. One of the greatest of all time. Yeah. And, uh, that's just a lot going on there. So for people who don't understand UFC or MMA and don't understand the level of sportsmanship and, um, respect, you know, respect in the sport, I would just urge them all to watch that because that's the perfect that exemplifies what the sport is all about in my opinion it's not about bashing each other's faces in and seeing who can break as many bones as possible and all these perceptions you know while that is something that happens and that's what you have to do to win the fight you know it's two guys out there putting their skills to the test and at the end of the day most of the time where there are some feuds obviously 
the guys at the end are hanging out after the fights, you know, in the hospital beside each other. Just, you know, a lot of respect. So really cool to see that. Unless you're a Diaz brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, but, it, but, it, but it's cool. So, you know, Anderson on his way out of the UFC, I think it's time, you know, we have another generation of fighters who like Uriah Hall, um, have learned a lot from Anderson watching him as they've grown up, have, have taken some of his style and put their own stamp on it. And now it's time to kind of leave their mark on the UFC and, and who better right now than Israel Adesanya. Um, and speaking of Israel, we've got some news officially that he and Jan Blockowitz have a matchup that was announced earlier this week. Um, no date has been announced so far, but we're expecting early next year, I believe is what they're saying. Um, and uh, the betting, you know, there's some betting happening already and, and people are, are betting in favor of the champ to take down Washington State, sorry, the middleweight, middleweight champ. To steal that light heavyweight belt, thoughts from you, sir? Wow. Um, yeah, I, uh, man, this is a really interesting one. I, I think that um, Izzy could do it. I, I feel like he could do it, but it's a different game. You know, these guys are a lot heavier, right? We got an extra, um, what is it, like 15, 20 pounds, I think it is. 20 pounds. I think it's 20 extra pounds. Yeah, 20 pounds. You know, when you when you move up from, you know, uh, middleweight, which I believe is 185 to yeah. heavy to light heavyweight, which is 205. Uh, so we're, we're talking about some meat, man. We got some meat on these guys. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Izzy's, Izzy's punches, however accurate they may be, may not feel the same to a Jan Blackowitz who's used to getting punched by um, – you know, a Tiago Santos or, or somebody like that. Right. And, uh, and, um, I, uh, I, mm, it's a really tough one, but you know, I'm going to go with Izzy. I'm going to call Izzy. I think Jan Blakowicz kind of, you know, was, I, I don't want to say it's like a fluke, but I think that there's two other guys that, well, there's one other guy that I certainly think deserves the belt more than Jan. Um, somebody that's already beat Jan. Uh, which we'll talk about later, but uh, I think um, I was a little bit surprised even that Dominic Reyes got dominated in the way that he did. I, it was such a shocker to me, but uh, yeah, for sure. you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm being disrespectful to Young and and you know, not counting him in. But Izzy's just so skillful, so smooth, man. I don't know. I I uh, I wanted I want Izzy to be the you know the next best thing, right? Because who else is going to be the next best thing? Yeah, yeah, I I agree, man. Um, and I agree with your prediction as well. I think Izzy can take that fight. You know, I need to I really, to be honest, I need to go back and watch some more of Jan Balakowicz's fights before I could speak super intelligibly on it. But just looking at like his record <clears throat> and watching this last fight between he and Dominic, I just feel like he might be a little bit one dimensional. I don't know. I think he's got power. They call him Polish power. Um, and I agree with you that he probably takes, it, it's going to take a lot for Izzy to do real damage to him. I feel like in that fight. Um, but, but I think it's definitely possible, you know, yeah. uh, I, he's got a black belt in jujitsu. Um, so I don't know that we've really seen much of his groundwork in the UFC. I need to, again, kind of go back and, and kind of rewatch that, but I, I'm more interested in really just the strategic sort of matchmaking with the UFC right now. And 
it's the first thing that popped in my head was why are they pitting Izzy against Jan instead of John Jones? That was the hype, all this hype about Izzy moving up um, to to fight John Jones. But I, I did a lot of kind of like reading and different people's opinions and, you know, I guess rewinding back a little bit after Robert Whitaker beat Jared Cannonier a couple weeks ago, Dana came out and said that the plan was to make the fight between Robert and Izzy, make that rematch. Yeah, right. But then came out and said that Whitaker told him he wasn't ready for a title fight, which Dana said in quotes, this is the craziest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> um, so, and then Whitaker comes out later and it says, explains, that's not what I said. He twisted my words around. And what I said was that I'm not ready to fight until March or April of next year. And it turns out that Robert Whitaker is actually expecting a child in January, another kid. And that's the reason why he wants to wait until, you know, later or earlier next year, which honestly we're in November right now. It's not really an unrealistic amount of time to ask for in between big fights like that, even though he didn't take a lot of damage against Jared Cannonier. Um, yeah, but five, five months, there's people that go for like a year between fights, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I don't know, really know what the rush is there, but you know, some people are speculating that this really is a good story for the UFC. You know, Izzy, let's just say Izzy does defeat Jan. He now holds two belts. He holds John's old belt for light heavyweight. And now John's got to come back and be the, the comeback kid and, and reclaim his reclaim what is rightfully is. Um, you know, so it's a good story. It makes for a good movie plot. And then either Izzy wins and becomes the greatest of all time, or John takes it back and, um, you know, sits back on his throne. So I can definitely see that angle. I I think that, um, yeah, I, I agree. It makes sense. But um, I'm wondering if the reason why they didn't do a John Jones fight is because John is still wanting more money, you know, and, and the numbers that they're giving him, he's not interested in. Or, you know, is it – I haven't seen anything on, you know, the heavyweight deal yet. Yeah. From last thing I heard, and we're not going to get into this right now, is Stipe is going to be fighting Francis, you know, again. So, I mean, maybe John's just legitimately done, you know. I, I feel like something – some big news is going to happen this – this month, right? Like we're going to find out some, some more big news. And even with like the whole, uh, the, you know, pound for pound rankings going to Khabib, you know, you, I would think that John would want to get back in the ring and, you know, take out a guy like Stipe or take out a guy like, um, you know, Izzy, which I think certainly gives him, you know, uh, you know, a, a, more of an argument for being in the top spot even with the peds yeah. um you know i don't really agree with him being in the top spot but you know that would give him more of an argument um but yeah i uh <clears throat> i don't know there's just so much weird stuff going on right now with all of the people that have that are leaving the changing of the guard and there's just so much of that happening right now you got right. dc left anderson left um John Jones left and you know Izzy's Izzy's there just to swallow up that belt I feel like but I'm just wondering if he does take that belt what's it going to look like when he fights Tiago Santos because I feel like <laughs> I feel like Tiago should have the belt if anybody I agree I agree I think the fight they should have made was Dominic versus Tiago 
obviously Tiago's got a big fight um, coming up, but but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess the comeback story sounds kind of cool. I, I I do want to see those two fight at some point, John Jones and Izzy. I feel like that's stylistically a really great matchup, and there's a lot of beef that needs to be squashed there in the ring. And um, you know, obviously, I don't. I mean, obviously, John doesn't need to have that comeback story to kind of keep himself relevant. But, um, you know, in, in fact, he can't stay out of the news, actually. John Jones, <laughs> just two days ago, posted on his Instagram page, which I wasn't sure if this was real or not at first, but it was a security cam footage of him chasing a robber, a potential robber, a bad guy, away from his house with a shotgun. <laughs> Did you see this video? Yeah, I um, I was just so, I was a little bit confused. Like, so this is just like a a guy trying to steal his car or is he just trying to like jack some stuff out of his car? Right. That's, I mean, that's what it kind of looked like, which, yeah, it did, you know, it has happened to me. Actually. I've had people break into my car before and steal like the change out of my center console. Just like, really dude, you know, just like <laughs> stuff just, like that. You could have just asked me for a dollar. I would have given you a dollar. <laughs> yeah. I would have given you, I would have given you everything you took. I don't even care, but, um, yeah. Um, I- the worst that happened to me, I had my car broken into once in college and I had this like pretty sweet setup sound system in my car at the time. You know, I had like the two subwoofers and amplifier, like all the new, all the speakers in the door replaced this pretty cool, like, uh, um, you know, whatever they call it, head unit to power the whole thing. And, um, somebody got into my car in one of the college parking lots. And the only thing they took was the faceplate for my head unit so the thing that's got the buttons the play pause fast forward all those buttons to control (laughs) the system they just took that that's the only thing they took and like literally the amplifier to the sound system sat which was really dumb of me sat in the um rear deck of the car so like where the back seats of the car are like the little rear deck right behind the back Mm -hmm. seats where the windshield comes down that's where the amplifier was like was like screwed into and mounted so if they wanted to, they could have like pulled out that amplifier that was probably worth a couple hundred bucks. Instead, all they did was take that faceplate off the thing. <laughs> I was they like, probably didn't realize what they what were a, doing. No, I probably didn't know how to get it out. But it's like, what a jerk move, man! Like now, I just I can't use my sound system because you right. stole that thing. <laughs> like what? Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it looked like people were kind of like rifling through his cars, which I think he had like a Range Rover in the driveway and some other like three different three or four different black cars in his driveway. And this person, you can't really see this person's face from the ring video camera footage. Um, you know, can't tell much about them, but this person was rifling through the cars and, um, it seems like an action movie. It seems like the beginning of a John Wick, uh, film. You see the garage door open slowly and it's all lit up inside the garage. And it looks like John has like a training room set up in there or something with a couple of guys. But then you see John Jones just sprinting full speed out of his garage with a shotgun in his hand. Yeah, yeah. Chasing this dude down the street. I think that's so, an absolutely horrible idea. Yeah. I'm just going to jump in here and say everything that happened there. Um, so we know that John's a gun enthusiast, um, or at least that's what I've heard, is that he's a, he's a gun enthusiast. And so being a gun enthusiast, uh, you, you know, you have to make the assumption that he's probably gone through you know, training, concealed carry training and, and everything like that. And so his behavior, uh, in that video indicates to me that he just completely threw his training out the door. 
because yeah. training will tell you to be defensive. Um, you know, have your gun at the ready, but don't go chasing after people, you know? Right. And if they're running away, you certainly mission accomplished, uh, yeah. you know, cause if they have a gun on them, you know, his, his best bet would have been to get behind one of the cars and just keep an eye, you know, keep his aim on the guy the whole time. And, you know, I don't know what kind of bullets he had in there, if he had slugs or if he had buckshot, but, um, you know, just be defensive because, you know, <laughs> shit happens. And if that guy had a gun on him, he could have just been running away, shooting behind him or something. And yeah, exactly. You know, could have clipped John Jones and killed him and, you know, easily. I, yeah. So that being said, was this a PR stunt? I mean, <laughs> to me, it's I say yes, because. Because of his behavior and the fact that if he is a gun enthusiast, he would have done something different, you know? Yeah. yeah. So there might have been like a director behind him saying, hey, let's do this or, you know, something like that. But I don't know. It's it's tough to call. Am I being a conspiracy theorist? Maybe. I dude, I I have the same feelings about it. I I totally agree with you. Number one, we were talking about this before the show. Just like that's a terrible idea. You never do that. It's not it's not worth all that. Like why not just it, number one? He knew the guy was out there. He had the ring security camera footage. Clearly, he knew the guy was out there to go grab his shotgun. Why not just stay in your house, protect your house, protect the people that are with you. You've got the guns, right? You've got all the money in the world. So if this dude even did get away with one of your cars, like so what? Um, yeah. Just call the cops. Just call the cops. Just protect yourself in your house until the cops arrive. Let them handle it, man. That's their job. You don't need to be vigilante justice out here chasing people around your neighborhood with a shotgun. But his post even said, it said, ended up tapping on this guy's window, car window, with my shot, the barrel of my shotgun tonight. Um, He said, it's something about, like, luckily, this guy, know, luckily, I know better to shoot somebody who's retreating or something like that. Um, but just like, you didn't have to go that far, man. That was just dangerous and reckless of yourself. But the PR stunt thing, you know, I agree, man. Like, you know, you, you bring up a good point about the training thing. Um, and it just all seems, seems a little bit too convenient. And yeah. like, he just, so he just happens to be looking at the ring footage when this guy walks up and happens to have a shotgun you know, ready that quick. It all happened within like a matter of like 15 seconds and the garage door, he's there at the garage door with the lights on and he just, try I, I don't know. It just seems a little bit too convenient. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but the convenience of him seeing the ring, you know, like did it, did it blink on? Did he get some kind of alert or something? Like, yeah, I don't Which know. I'm, I'm sure I'm you probably to... do. I'm sure you probably do. If you think through the timeline, like I'm just, okay, let's just say I'm sitting on my couch watching TV. I get a ring alert. John probably lives in a giant house. He's got to make his way to the garage, grab his shotgun, open up the door. All that takes like 15 seconds. That ta Unless he just happened to be like training in that like little garage area when it all happened and had his gun right there ready. I don't know. That's the only thing that makes sense to me, but. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, but it does I'm... seem. I'm growing more skeptical <laughs> yeah, every seems, moment that we talk about it. You know, we we need to do some more research. There's probably some articles out there that have the same sentiment. See if we can find any research to back it up. Maybe we'll present that on Friday. But you know, it wouldn't really be the first time we've questioned: Is this a staged pu staged publicity stunt by a uh, UFC fighter? Considering you, I think, were the one 
who brought it up the last time specifically about Connor's <laughs> um, this charity event with Dustin Poirier, you're like, hmm, a little convenient that he just was in the news for a potential sexual assault case. Right. Right. And I mean, geez, speaking of Conor McGregor, I mean, look at the publicity stunt of him throwing, um, you know, a trolley or a do- I'm sorry, a dolly into a bus. Right. Like I am. I'm pretty sure that was a publicity stunt, too, to build that fight up. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just like the WWE where they do this like fake. Pu- oh, he bashed his head out in the parking lot. Ooh, yeah. You know, like, is that what it's turning into? Maybe. I hope not. I hope not too, but I hope that's not what the case is here for Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. I mean, um, you know, uh, I, 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 you know, I said this to you last time. I think is that the the five hundred thousand dollar. I think that's what he said. Five hundred thousand yep. dollar donation to Dustin's charity was basically Conor you know, getting, using his get out of jail free card because of the whole public indecency thing that happened like a week before this all went down. Um, you know, so, you know, how long has this been going on now? When did this even start? Right. Is it, was this, you know, did they start talking about this like a month ago now? I can't remember. I think it has been about a month ago when it first was a charity event and then the UFC decided, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not going to let this charity event fly under our radar. Um, So then they booked it officially or they started to try to book it officially, sending out contracts. Um, But then towards the end of last week, it looked like it was official. The the fight seemed to be a quote unquote done deal, according to Dana White. Um, But then just yesterday i think or it may have been two days ago dustin actually sent out a tweet saying or to ufc and dana saying send the right contract and stop playing games um so essentially you know implying and you can you can infer a lot of different things from that but implying that you know maybe they aren't giving him what he wants for the fight this could be another fighter pay situation um, it's kind of hard to say it could be nothing. Maybe, maybe Dustin was drunk that night and sent that tweet because it was later deleted. So who knows? Maybe, maybe he deleted it because they did send him the right contract. And so then he felt bad saying that. I don't know. Maybe they, um, maybe they sent him the, uh, Izzy versus Jan contract accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsies. Yeah. Whoops. Or no, seriously like, guys, send me the right one. This is the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. This but is it's, re- it's this is this is a recording of your of a of your daughter's like ballerina recital. Like, what is this? This is not a UFC contract. <laughs> or oh like, my it's gosh. when I'm I constantly, this happens almost every day at work. It's I send an email saying, "Please see the attached PDF," and then Google's like, "You said the word attached, but you forgot to attach something. Did you want to attach it?" And I'm like, "Oh yes, thank you, thank you, Gmail. Thanks, thanks, Gmail. Um, yeah, same here." But. Uh, you know, so this is probably a a, a money thing, right? Because Connor's the the A fighter, probably getting paid buku dollars, and then you got Dustin, who's probably making just a very small portion of what Connor's making, I would assume. Um, yeah. And then, well, you know, I wonder if it's in the contract that Connor's going to be paying the five hundred thousand dollars. Like, is there any? Like, I would, if I was Dustin, I would want that to be like in the contract somehow, like, or at right. least have a contract between those two, just being like, hey, yeah. You know, this is a this is a contract between you and I. UFC's not involved at all, but after the completion of this of this fight, you're going to donate money to my, you know, uh, my my um <clears throat> charity, and uh, you know, but but 
it's probably just Dustin not getting the amount of money that he thinks he deserves. Yeah, it probably is. I hope that we can move past all this stuff at some point. Maybe once, I don't know, if the zombie apocalypse ever concludes uh, and we get people back in seats, hopefully this fighter pay thing does this becomes a non-issue, but I don't think that's a reality. Even if everything goes back to quote-unquote normal, um, I think the fighter pay issue has always existed. It just this brought more attention to it, I feel like, once all this happened. I mean, I see some of these. They they make public the, the, the payouts that people get for some of these fights, and it's just unrealistic. It's just unbelievable. Um, but it is what it is, man. That's uh that's sports entertainment for you, I guess. It'll 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 um evolve, I think, once all these people get onto like different management teams, you know? Yeah. Gary V gets out there, you know, he starts talking to Dana. All of a sudden, all these like B-rated fighters are making more than the than the champions, you know. Yeah, because oh, they got. I, actually, I forgot all about that. I'm glad you said that. I completely forgot Gary V's like in the, the fight game. Yeah, man, he's. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's uh, managing Stipe right now and a couple others. Really? I think I'm pretty sure Stipe was one of them. Um, I don't remember who the other ones were. There was only like, I think Corey Anderson was another one, but there was only like a couple big names. That yeah. I recognize, and I'm pretty sure Stipe was like the biggest one that he had. Um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, I remember we talked about that on the show like a long time ago. Yeah, I know. Kind of throw throw back to one of those prior episodes, but it wasn't. It's not actually Gary V that's doing the management. He's just he's just heading up the company that's like yeah, the management yeah. team, basically. So, right. but you know, whatever. It is what it is. Vayner Sports. Yeah, Vayner. That's what it was. Yeah, Vayner Sports. Right. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I guess, uh, you know, hopefully that fight gets uh, put together. Everything, you know, goes smoothly. And uh, before too long, we'll be seeing Conor McGregor fight against Dustin Poirier. The second round, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to go with Conor on that one again. Um, you know, it's a, if this is going to be a striking match. And I mean, Conor's just got phenomenal striking. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just very unorthodox, you know. Um Dustin Poirier it seems more traditional, like boxing style, and he has great stand up. But just, I just feel like Connor just outclasses him in so many different ways, and just in terms of the way he moves, and I don't know, his position is just the way he's his stance and everything is just so weird. Which I'm sure Dustin could could prepare for that, you know, if given enough time. But I don't know. I guess we'll we'll time will tell. I'm excited to see that happen. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I wish I could. I want to see another Connor versus Khabib, but that'll never happen. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> we got a fight this weekend, uh, November 7th. Um, we got Tiago Santos versus Glover Teixeira. And, uh, you know, I was talking about Tiago earlier. Um, I feel like, I really feel like Tiago should be the champion right now. I feel like he beat John Jones. Um, I really do feel like he beat John Jones and, and I think it, it would have been a, a clear victory if not for him um, damaging uh, both of his knees, uh, both of the lig- – I don't know if it was ACL or MCL, but he damaged ligaments in his knees. Um, I don't know if it was before the fight, but it certainly seemed like during the fight he injured both of his legs um, and had to get surgery on those. And I, th- and I feel like if he was not um, you know, hindered by his, his own body, then uh, he certainly would have – won that fight and um but that's not the case 
Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I, I mean, I think John, he had John in trouble a couple of times. And then even after he, even fighting through those bad knees, like it was still kind of a tough fight to call, honestly. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there was a couple of close rounds. It really was. Yep. So it's I, always the championship rounds where John Jones wins it for the judges. He he does so well in those last two rounds, but yeah, we'll never know, I guess. Yeah, yeah, or, or we might, you know, if all this stuff with Izzy plays out and John Jones, just to say he, he gets that belt and Tiago wins his fight versus Glover and Jan loses against Izzy, then maybe, maybe one day it's in the cards, who knows, but... Yeah. yeah, this fight should be interesting. I'm trying to remember Glover's. Yeah, his last fight was the the round the round five TKO. Such a such a hard fight to watch against Anthony Smith. Poor well, Anthony just... Smith. This this dude. He's he's like a likable guy, and he just can't pull together a win. I feel bad for him. I do too because, um, he was like at the top of his game like not even that long ago. I feel like he fought John Jones and. Um, before his John Jones fight, he was on a roll, you know, he was tearing people up yeah. and then they threw him in there with, with John and he just lost his mojo. He left his mojo in that ring. Yeah, he did. It was like round two. You could just see the mojo slip out of his body. He was like, all right, no more mojo. And, uh, and it's been like that ever since, you know, he's just, it's just not there anymore. So, uh, but we're not talking about Anthony right now. We're talking about Glover. I think Glover's on a four fight winning streak. And, you know, he's got excellent ground and pound. He's a jujitsu specialist. Um, so this is going to be interesting where you have a very strong striker in Tiago Santos. Glover has historically done poorly against uh, strong strikers. Um, you know, so I, um, I'm interested to see how this goes. I, I You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Tiago Santos on this one. I think he'll probably take this one home. I think it'll be over quick. I think it'll be over in the first two rounds via uh, knockout or TKO, um, you know, but you can't count Glover out. If he gets uh, Tiago down to the ground with Tiago's bad knees, um, then Glover might be able to dominate Tiago on the ground. I don't really know how Tiago's ground game is because I haven't seen him fight uh, too much. Um, uh, but I do know that if he does win, if Tiago does win, um, he certainly should be in line for the fight for the belt because he beat Jan Blakowicz, um back in January of 2019, right? Uh, two years ago now, um, TKO uh, in the third round, just clipped him and and then um, hammer fisted Jan Blakowicz on the ground um, like 20 times before the ref stopped it. But um, yeah, I uh, I'd be interested to see them fight again. Was it luck that he that he knocked out Jan, or or you know, it would will we see the same happen again? Yeah, it'll be interesting. This should be a fun one to watch for sure. Uh, I'm looking at Tiago Santos's last few fights over the over the last few years. Like, I don't think he's had that much of a challenge. Like, some of the, I mean, I'm looking at some of these names, and you know. In light heavyweight, he fought Jimmy Manawa, won that fight, and a guy named Eric Anders. Like these aren't like big name people. Eric Anders was a, a prior uh, NFL football star. Oh, was um, he? Well, he was in the NFL. I don't know if I should call him a star. Um, I actually met him in person uh, when I went to uh, the UFC event where um, Yar Rosenstruck knocked out. Um, uh, what's his name? 
broke his busted his lip open. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Alex Al- Alistair uh, Overeem, Overeem, yeah. Alistair Overeem. I actually met Alan, um, Anders there. Um, but yeah, I mean he's no slouch really. I mean, um, and neither is Jimmy Manoa. Jimmy Manoa is not really a slouch. I wouldn't say that they're huge challenges, but they're certainly like you know no slouches. But the fact that he knocked out Yawn and did what he did to uh john jones you know i think that right there is probably p- proof that you know he's a solid contender and potential champion right yeah fair enough i mean uh glover Teixeira has been has definitely got some some names under his belt too ian, ian kutalaba nikita krylov um and of course anthony smith so right and i mean he i mean he went in there with the big dogs you know he's fought against uh uh DC, he fought against Anthony Smith, um, Anthony Rumble Johnson. I'm sorry, uh, he couldn't quite take the victories on those guys, but you know he's yeah. fought against all the big names and, and held his own. He actually fought Rampage back in 2013, and then oh, he fought Rampage. No way, man! This and guy's been actually, around for a long time now. He actually fought um, John Jones at light heavyweight back in 2014. But he he didn't win that one, right? No. I think John was the champ at that point, or um, potentially. I don't remember actually. But I mean, Glover's been around, man, for a long time. He's got yeah. solid, you know, uh, you know, solid uh, experience in the ring. So he has a round one knockout over Rashad Evans. So yeah, I mean, you're right. He's he's been out there. So yep. this should be a good one, man. I'm, I'm excited to see this. For sure. I'll definitely be watching that one. It's a weird start time. The main event doesn't start until 10 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, where last week it started at 7 p.m. Eastern. So you got to watch out for these time slots. If you plan on catching these fights, make sure you pay close attention and keep switching it up on us. Um, and I've definitely yeah. been disappointed to see that some, most of these fights haven't been on TV. Fortunately, I subscribed to ESPN Plus so I can catch all these fight nights. Right. Um, but for whatever reason, they haven't actually been on ESPN. I guess they're just trying to drive drive up those ESPN Plus subscriptions. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a good, you know, that's a good thought, good theory. I'm pretty sure you're right about that. They're trying to they're trying to get those uh, the subs up there, and I just wish they would have you know they would have way more people subscribing to ESPN Plus if they just put all the events on there. You know, they'd probably make up for the sales. But who knows? Who knows? Or like just a discount to ESPN Plus subscribers. Like 70 bucks is just an unreal amount of money to ask for these pay-per-view events, um, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually broke down and... um, uh, Never mind. I I just wish that... I just wish that they would decrease the price, man. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's hard it's hard to put up that much money for a fight, especially now when you can't when you're social distancing and you can't have a party at your house where it's like, "Yo, dude, come over. We'll watch the fight and we'll split it, you know, we'll split it four ways or whatever." Um, now yeah, just ch- everybody chip in home. 5 bucks, right? Yeah, and you can't you don't really want to go out to the bars or restaurants. You could, I guess, but um Yeah, I don't know. I think they should reconsider that. But it's just like video games. Video games have been sixty bucks like since I can remember buying video games. The price hasn't gone up or down for whatever reason. I don't really foresee the prices changing. I do wish there was just some sort of like, like I already pay 
I think it's it's only like five bucks a month or something like that for ESPN Plus. But you know, at the end of the year, that's sixty bucks. So why don't you give me like a, I don't know, ten yeah. percent discount on the fights or something? That'd be cool. I can justify buying a video game, right? Because I'm gonna spend, you know, think about it. Like you spend fifteen dollars to go see a movie, right? And you spend sixty dollars to go play a video game. Well, if you spend more than eight hours on that video game, then you're then you know it's basically the same as you know, the amount of entertainment you would get by watching a movie, but $60 for, you know, a two hour event, you know, I, it's, it's really hard to justify that. Yeah, exactly. Especially when there's as many pay-per-views as there have been this year. Yeah, exactly. I'm not not sure the exact count, but I feel like there's been at least like, we're, we're probably pushing 10 events this year. Yep. Yep. I don't know for sure, but, but anyways, I have to look at it. A little rabbit hole, but um, <laughs> little yeah. tangent there. But uh, <laughs> I think we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up, right? Yeah, I think so. All right, so just real quick, everybody, I want to remind you guys to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast player. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you really want to help us grow. We would certainly appreciate it if you shared this episode with a friend. As always, we appreciate your support, and we thank you all for being here. Yes, absolutely, and we'll see you guys on Friday. We got a lot of exciting stuff coming up for the podcast. Some guest guest episodes that i don't want to spill the beans on just yet but uh just keep your eyes peeled we've got some good stuff coming up but until then we'll see you guys next time